You're now listening to Fundamental Fast Pitch. Ladies and gentlemen, welcome back. It's Mike here with Jessica Tanner and Heather Maloney on the Fundamental Fast Pitch Podcast. This is episode 81, preparing for an at-bat. Coach Jess, Coach Heather, how are you doing? How was your weekend? It was wonderful. We won our tournament. Yeah, it was a great, great weekend. One might say that all the things were left on the field. Um, Today, we're going to be getting into how to prepare for an at-bat and what exactly that entails. Coach Jess, do you want to get a quick overview on some of the things we might be covering in this episode real quick? Yeah, so this this is something that was actually fresh on my mind from this past weekend because I recognize it as a big opportunity for growth and improvement for our team. Um, just mentally, physically, how to get kind of in that mental, like that mindset for having a successful like quality at bat, where that starts. Um, what you need to be doing, whether you're in the dugout on the on-deck circle in the box itself, kind of how you bounce back from things that happen throughout the game. So just kind of a, a checklist of things that you should be doing throughout the game to help you have as, as successful as an, or at least as, as, what would you say? Quality and prepared, <laughs> prepared to it. Yeah. At that as possible. I, I think I want to start with the scouting report. Um, you know, as a coach, there's a lot of avenues, not necessarily the game changer avenue, but you can go there to kind of see the team you're up against um, heading into a tournament weekend. And I think it, it's extremely helpful in some regards, right? Like there's there's always the the keyboard warriors where like we we're, we're all 10 and 11, but we're playing 14 U, if you will. Um, so sometimes when you go look at a lot of these things and I've had these conversations with parents and friends over the years about who we're playing, and I will admit that I will easily get enthralled with doing all the researches and such like that. Um, but I do find it helpful, especially as you, you know, got a little deeper into your season, guys, to see if you've played this team before and, you know, who you might have pitched, how they might have done, and and really knowing what type of pitcher and player you have, especially if you're looking at who you might want to start that game, um, especially on a fresh day, um, what type of team you might be facing. Um, being at ballparks for long weekends as well, I can't sit down. So I'm, so I'll walk around and watch a lot of the other games itself and kind of see, you know, we, we kind of ran into a situation this weekend where we came up against a team who we know is just seeing tons and tons and tons and tons of speed. And then you can mix it up with someone who might not be necessarily as quick, you know, kind of scouting them in that regard, seeing how they've done throughout the weekend. Um, In terms of, in-game scouting though when you when you guys haven't really you know seen that team play is there any like is there is there anything you guys suggest to do aside from warm-ups because you know as coaches we always get the great parents walking up to us they're doing this they're doing that you know trying to be helpful but as a coach um what type of information are you two specifically looking for when you're kind of trying to scout the other team out a little bit and obviously there's not always a lot of time for that but if you do get a little bit of an opportunity um are we, are we looking at how they're, you know, how they're taking ground ball before the game? Obviously, you know, we can pre-pitch scout, like, dude, third baseman's behind the base, but it is, or first base, you know, corners, like, positions. I mean, we had a team we played in the, the championship that had crazy shifts. Or maybe that was a semi-championship. I, I don't recall. I think that was the the, the, the semi. But when, when, when you guys are in-game scouting, like, what is something you specifically look for, aside from maybe how the kids' swings pass are and stuff like that? Uh, I mean, when it comes to, are you talking about like to, in order to help our batters? Help the team in general as a coach. Like um, putting the girls so, in the best position to succeed as like prep being as prepared as possible. Um, I mean, as a, when I'm calling pitches, I look for the batter swing path. So I'm looking for if I think um, they've got tight hands or if they can't handle outside or um, if they are dropping their hands and have like a flat swing, I'll try to throw something like up in the zone where, I'm not necessarily worried about them hitting it because they'll get the bottom. We'll, we'll get them to pop up. But specifically when it comes to our team, like preparing for an at bat, um, I, we always talk about speed. Um, I know it's kind of like a cheat, but easiest adjustment is either up or back in the box, depending on if you've got a fast or a slow pitcher. Um, if you've got a pitcher with a lot of spin, I like to tell the girls to and encourage them to get up in the front of the box to cut that spin off. Um if you have a pitcher that has a lot of a lot of changeups, um, I mean, it's just it's something you kind of watch pregame. But a lot of that you're just gonna have to 
teach them to watch and figure that out as the game progresses. And if you can, like, through the rest of this podcast, we'll talk about how to help them prepare and do that themselves rather than telling them what to do, which I will tell you, I didn't realize until this weekend how much of a coaching pet peeve <laughs> that is for me. But the coaches that tell the, the like the corners every single pitch, hey, she's bunning, hey, she's back, watch her hand, like every single pitch drove me nuts. So I would rather teach than tell. And, and it's kind of funny because in some of those circumstances, you know, we ran up against some really good teams this weekend. And the girls in these, in these teams that we were playing were fully capable. And from what I saw, pretty confident in being able to do it on in some of the teams. But in some of the teams, it's it's funny, like you say, like they're telling them they're not really letting them play out. And I don't really know how much we're learning from not allowing the girls to make mistakes. Like, yes, it's awesome that you as a coach can put a person or a kiddo exactly where you think or where you're trying to get the ball to. And that's, that's amazing. That's awesome. But if you're doing all that for them, like they're not really seeing the game. Is that kind of what you're trying to say? Yeah, pretty much. (laughs) Um, So yeah, I like to kind of teach rather than tell as the game progresses, but uh, I'm going to go ahead and take us in kind of to like helping your girls prepare in the dugout. So um, one of the best things you can do is have your girls on the fence, watching the pitcher, every single batter. We actually just implemented a new rule where um, the girls get to put all of their bags and equipment and everything on the bench so that they're on the fence watching the whole game and not sitting down um, just to keep them um, focused and uh, making adjustments. So when you're in the dugout working on your timing. So as a hitter, when you need to be um, loading, if you take a stride, when you need to take your stride, if if the pitcher is throwing fast or slow, um, just kind of getting a feel for where you need to be in the box and uh, having an idea of where in that pitcher's motion you need to kind of benchmark each part of your swing. Coach Heather? What do you think? Yeah, what are you so, looking for in the dugout? Well, in, in the dugout, I, I like to look for patterns. What is the pitcher? Um, does she have like a formula that she she works with for, for each each batter? Um, so does she like to get ahead with a, a fat first pitch? And that's the best pitch you're going to see from her all at bat. Um, so a lot of pitchers like to do that. Some don't. Some some like to mix it up. Some like to, you know, see if they can get a chase. If maybe especially if they, they like to work high in the zone. Um, other patterns could be, you know, some pitchers will throw a change up every at bat, uh, doesn't matter what the count is or the situation is, but you can count on getting a change up. Um, other pitchers like the, like the rise ball or just to work high in the zone. Um, you'll see that a lot with faster pitchers, um, or, or, you know, you might have a struggling pitcher who just cannot find the strike zone. So depending on what pattern you're seeing or how a pitcher likes to work, you're going to adjust your approach in the box to um, accommodate whatever approach is, is the, the pitcher's taking. And what about and the umpire zone? Yeah. Right. The umpire zone is, is a, a tricky one because you, you don't know what you're going to get. Um, hopefully what you can, um, uh, expect is is a consistent strike zone from your umpire, but that's not something you're always going to get. I mean, the the sort of the armpits to knees strike zone is is kind of the rule, but that does not mean that it's going to be applied or that the umpire, the particular umpire, is going to apply it. You know, as the as the rules state. So, um, what we're looking for is a consistent strike zone. But you you're looking in the dugout. It is he consistent? Does he consistently call the outside pitch? Is he not calling the the outside pitch is he calling only high pitches does he not get down in his strike zone and he's guessing that the the low ones are strikes so everything below the knees is a strike because he just can't see it and he's guessing <laughs> you know what are you looking for is he consistent is he inconsistent does he have a strike zone the size of a dime is it as big as texas i mean you're just trying to understand what the umpire zone is so that you're not helping the pitcher i mean if the umpire is a super small uh zone we probably shouldn't be free swinging as much because you know, let's make the pitcher find the strike zone and give us a really good pitch to hit. Or, or if it's a baseball umpire that <laughs> compliments your pitcher's spin but won't right. give her the corners. <laughs> yes, my favorite uh, saying of the weekend the, or last weekend. Oh, hey, that's 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 pretty cool, right? All that spin that, that the girls throw. Yeah, bro, it is cool. <laughs> yep. I so can you? <laughs> it's still strike corner is a corner. It's same same thing as baseball. It's um. Just, you know, a little different colored and a little bit bigger ball. Um, and the <laughs> I'm going to jump in and add to that too real quick, Mike. On that umpire zone comment, um, I think it's also a very, a very necessary conversation with your batters and being disciplined in that they can't want to hit so bad 
that they're chasing or giving away pitches that the, that umpire in his zone would call balls, especially in like tight ball games. Like I get, everybody wants to hit, everybody wants to be a hero, but like, if, if you have close ball games, like a walk is a walk is a run. Right. So no, keeping that a, in mind, that's a really, really good point. And, and, um, having, you know, coaching our team and then having a, my daughter playing on a different team gave me an, a unique opportunity earlier in the season. We, um, our team, uh, played on the same field that my daughter played on later, um, at, right after actually. And so we had the same plate umpire. Well, we were able to figure out that the, that the umpire had a, a minuscule strike zone. I mean, it was tiny. He wasn't calling anything. And we were able to communicate and get through to our girls that they needed to be disciplined and force the pitcher to, to give us really, really good pitches or get a walk. And we, well, we ended up winning our game. Um, I, I, and I attribute it a lot to us being disciplined at the plate. Now, following up, um, my daughter's team, they did not figure that out. Um, and they were just free swinging, swinging at everything, did not, did not take advantage of, in that case, taking advantage of the strike zone and which in turn forces the pitcher to throw it fat. Um, so they did not, they were not successful at the plate. And I think that that was a huge factor in them losing their game and conversely us winning our game. This was at the fall nationals in the USFA one, correct? Are you talking about? No, that was, this was the one in college station. In Aggie one. Yes. Okay. I was thinking it was the one the weekend previously. Um, no, that was a frustrating one for me because I tried to share the information and it wasn't um, relayed well, or, yeah, exactly. Given a, yeah, okay. We'll stop there on today's edition yep. of <laughs> Parent Coach. Um, for me, and, and this is something that I haven't really mentioned a lot to the girls yet in terms of pitcher tells because I don't think where they're at, it would be extremely helpful yet. I think they would be overthinking it as far as if you have a pitcher who's probably trying to throw a screwball, but they're working on it. They're setting up a little differently on the mound than they are for the rest of their pitches and, and kind of things like that. I think that we as, you know, people who have watched pitchers pitch for years and stuff like that, like those kind of tells, like I've never really related because I think they would be like, oh, look at their foot over here. But is it really over there? I'm going to get No, it's, it's the curveball. She's just set up incorrectly. But you can and as a pitcher parent as well, you can tell when they're messing around in their glove for a long time, they're probably going to throw you something they haven't thrown you yet or don't have supreme command of so maybe be a little more selective um yeah so again, on that those things, for those yeah, of you guys that are not pitcher parents um a pitcher tell is basically something that they do differently that kind of tips off what pitch they're gonna throw so they may they may set up on a certain side of the mound throwing like a screwball or curveball or they may put their ball to put the ball in their glove twice or something silly. If they throw a change up, just mm. something different when they throw a certain pitch. Yeah, and I think, like especially at the younger ages, um, I think what we're think what I'm looking for more in this situation is like um, maybe the pitcher showing on her face. Oh, I got a change up. So maybe they got, you know, they get a little excited or get a little smirk or, you know, things like that, where, where especially at the younger ones, they, they don't even realize that they're, they're showing that they, are going to throw We've a certain and I'm not talking about grip or where they're standing or anything like that. I'm talking about like facial expressions. Oh, gotcha. Yeah. See, my my mindset went extremely to the to the tails, not necessarily the facial stuff. I mean, we're very big, at least when I when I when I touch my pitcher at home, like, hey, like no matter what grip you have, once you're done with the grip, we're holding for an extra one, one thousand, two, one thousand. Now that doesn't mean we're still not going to quick pitch you because we're in a quick pitch phase. But like we have talked about that before, as far as the tail goes. And like I said, in, in terms of the the as you're leaping off, even if you're in the middle, kind of going out a little bit to throw the screwball, like that's not something that I think the girls, even if they knew, would be able to. No, no, no. Really but as they get older, they'll they'll pick up on so, those kinds of things as well. But and, yeah, and like it, you're saying, the pitchers will have more command, so it'll be a little more um, true in in what you're seeing. Yes. Yeah, so right now it's like this is what they're trying to do, and we can right. Yeah, I can usually figure it out, but it's not something that like the girls like. I mean. We get excited when we see, like, we think we pick up a sign, the girls, and they're like, they relay it, and they're like, oh, wait, never mind. Like, I was wrong. <laughs> so asking a girl to pick up an extra one or two feet to the side of the rubber is not something I'm going to necessarily tell them or encourage to try to figure out right now. Um, Coach Jess, what about you? 
Yeah, the last thing that kind of comes to mind for me on preparing for an at bat, like while you're in the dugout, is just like your reset button. So let's say you've been having like an off day, an off day, or let's say you're in a slump, or maybe you just booted a ball when you're on defense, or maybe you had just a crappy at bat, something that didn't go your way, like the dugout, and then at the very last resort, like the on deck circle you've got to shake that off. Like that's the time to reset, refocus and realize that you have another opportunity to influence like the results of the game and to step up and help your team out. And it's not going to do you any good if you're sulking or pouting or stilling your feelings about something that didn't go your way. So just making sure that before you step out of that dugout to go to that on deck circle, you are out of your head and you're truly like ready to go. Right. That's kind of last year, like your last opportunity to clear it from your head. And I mean, even if you kind of have to, even if you're having a hard time shaking it, um, maybe you're just having a terrible, terrible day and you just can't get, can't get over it. Um, you know, kind of in your brain, fool yourself, tell yourself you're going to press the pause button on that, that emotion, you know, if pause is you're leaving the dugout and say, okay, I can, I can unpause when, when I get back over here, you may even forget to unpause it. You know, you just forget about it, especially if you have a good result and you're at bat. So uh, that's a really, really big thing in the dugout is hitting that reset button or finding a way to at least at least temporarily forget about the bad thing that just happened. So as as two ladies who played softball but did not pitch, did you find it more difficult to do this? I mean, as a pitcher, you know, you're kind of directly if it like using you as an example, struggled for a couple of tournaments, right? But we had we had talked and she she was really locked in hitting. And we when we talked about why she thought she was hitting so well, she was very very honest and like look I'm not pitching great right now so I need to make sure to hit well she had an opportunity to directly influence something else if you're you know not a pitcher you don't necessarily have that immediate way to get that confidence back right like I don't know can you what I'm saying here or no yeah yeah like you don't you don't have as many opportunities to like make an impact right I felt like she was doubly locked in hitting the last month because she was struggling on the mound so she felt it was necessary to probably without even realizing it being more locked in, if that makes sense. Yeah, so I don't, no, that I don't... makes sense. I so I know I didn't ever experience that because I was at. I, I mean, you guys heard about my one <laughs> one claim to fame on catching one pitch, um, and I played some shortstop and some outfield. So, but for me, like I, my coaches, one was my dad, and then when I got to like thirteen u, fourteen u, my my environment with the coaches that I had, like there was no room for like the pity parties or the emotions. Like it was like, it was male coaches. They were very, very stern and strict. Like, this is where, hold on, stop, stop coaches. I was just about to ask that. Do you feel like having them? Cause I, we've talked about before a little bit. I kind of like when we hash a little bit of these conversations previously, cause not everyone, unfortunately have listened to every single episode. So they may not know, but I was literally just going to ask you if having male coaches, if you felt that that directly influenced your kind of, like theory as it pertained to this, or if it was just your um, trying to say, sorry, for I interrupting think my you. dad oh, being oh, my way. dad. And yeah. then, and we just, we don't do emotions or feelings or any of like <laughs> anything like that in our family anyways, but also the other male coach and his like style, he just was very like straight to the point. Like, we're not doing this, like get out of my dugout. Like they're just, he wasn't going to tolerate any of it. Um, and I think that that kind of just, I mean, it just created a culture where you either got over it or you didn't and you sat on the bench. <laughs> and it's, I'm not saying that's all male coaches. That just happens to be like the experience that I had. And then when I got to college, the head coach was a male coach and it, he was very much the opposite. Um, whereas the two female coaches were more that way. So I don't think it's like gender specific when it comes to coaches, but, but it's definitely like different coaching personalities. Did you have one that you connected with better? Do you think for your personality um, type? I, I connected with the type that like the, the more stern, more strict type, because I am like a very emotional person. And I, I very much care what other people think and worry about letting my team down and fear of failure and stuff like that. So if I had time to sit and dwell and pout and all of that, like I, it would be very, very hard for me to pull myself out of it. Whereas the coaches that didn't give me an option, like I just, I found that that worked better for me. And then that eventually, like I was, I found myself just doing that on my own and everything, not just softball. 
I'm I'm kind of laughing right now because I think you think that's your style, but I think you're fairly compassionate with the girls as it pertains to these things. I think you do give them an opportunity no, and you I do don't, talk about I it. I don't think that's my style. I think mine would be like a combination because I also like I'm I think you said it best one day when you said um coach them hard hug them after like Correct. that's that is absolutely my style like I'm stern I'm strict I'll give you an opportunity to fix it correct it I'll give you a hug if you need a hug but I will also sit you and let you gather your thoughts and feelings if you just can't shake it and you need some time for yourself and that's okay absolutely you're 10 11 like <laughs> figure it out and let me know how I can help Coach Heather's over there she is like, this is not okay. You need to figure it out right now because nobody's <laughs> here for this nonsense. It's definitely Coach Heather. Um, oh, I don't know if I would do that. What about you, Coach Heather? On what? There, you asked so I, many questions. Well, I, I well, ha, well, your coaches will have like since since I said we haven't necessarily everyone hasn't necessarily listened to all the episodes, and I right. think we're on a, on a pretty good flow right now. What about your coaches? Were your coaches aside from? Uh, Mom, no, you know, I hadn't even really kind of taken inventory, but I think at least in the more competitive years, I think I've had a, a male combo, male, female coach duo all through all the way through college. Um, so I kind of got both sides of it. Um, I think the the style that I probably responded to most was more of the um, sort of, I don't want to say emotional, but ones that will that understand uh that you need to create a connection and um like I was big on understanding the whys. So if I could understand the whys, then um, you know, if they could communicate that to me, then then they could reach me. Uh, but at the same time I needed somebody that was gonna be like, okay, let's stop, let's cut the crap. Okay, it's time to get <laughs> to work and let's go. Um so not someone that was necessarily a pushover or anything like that, but definitely a little on the softer side. This ex this makes me so very happy. Okay. Um, I was, <laughs> well, no, but, no, because again, like I've I've known you ladies for a while now, and I'm sitting here thinking, and I was like, I don't. And again, maybe it's a little different in my mind because we've only been around younger teams. Like we haven't, I, I haven't seen you guys coach sixteen or eighteen, right? So I'm just thinking, I was like, you guys, like you, like I'm hearing Coach Jesse, I'm kind of both. I'm like, you're a freaking pushover, bro. Like, what are you talking about? Like. I know you think you're kind of both, but I don't perceive you like that. I see you more over like you help the girls get to where they need to get to. But at the end of the day, you're still Coach Jess. Like it's you can tell the it, it also depends who you ask. Yeah, this is very true. Is <laughs> Some really people are terrified of me, which I don't understand that one. But <laughs> so what I'm hearing is on Saturday, I need to go interview all the children and get to the bottom of this. That's um, fair. Um, I'd be okay. curious. It'll be interesting. Yeah. <laughs> You're going to get very, I, the answers are going to be extremely varying, like you said, depending on who you ask, actually. No, so, yeah, I just need to know Kaylee Green's answer. That's uh, the one I'm well, going to stick with. <laughs> so, as we leave the dugout and get to the on-deck circle, Coach Heather, what are we working on first? Right, I think um, primarily, I don't know, I, I would I would split time half and half on, on the, your last chance to work on timing as well as mentally prepare, but we'll start with timing. It's, it's the, you know, you're Without being in the box, it's the closest you're going to get to the box. It's the best sort of um, angle or view you're going to get of pitch of the pitcher. You're going to see exactly, you know, even if you already had an at-bat, um, you know, maybe it's later in the game and she's gotten tired or maybe she's kind of gotten a second win and she's thrown a little harder or what have you. Um, it's your last chance to really hone that timing. So um, you're you're moving through your, your um, pre-pitch routine and, and doing things just as if you were in the box with every pitch that the, the pitcher makes. So, um, you know, that it's kind of a good thing if you're the batter in front of you sees a lot of pitches, cause then you're going to have a, more of an opportunity to, to, you know, fine tune that timing. Um, it's, I never liked when the, uh, you know, if I was scrambling to get to the on deck circle and the batter ahead of me, you know, hits the first pitch or something, it's, I don't feel very prepared. So always make sure you have your, your helmet, your gloves, your bat, everything you need so that you can be out on on in that circle you know and get as much uh exposure to that picture as you can get before you step in the box and when you're on the on deck circle what type of swing should you be taking coach jess 
Um, good ones. <laughs> there is nothing that irritates me more than when I'm coaching third base and I look over and I've got girls that are like not in their legs and they're dropping their hands and they're just swinging the bat around like a lightsaber because they're, they're just out there by themselves. Like the on deck circle is a very, very like valuable place to get your mind right, to get your timing down, um, to practice your, your good quality game, like swing so that when you're in the box, like you just, you, you see ball, you hit ball. It's very, very simple. Um, the on deck circle, you can kind of go through your routine. Okay. Like make sure I, I'm keeping my hands up, like your last minute reminders of what you've been working on at home or at practice. Um, and that's, that's where you put those, those reminders into those swings with your timing. It's kind of a culmination of all of your prep work so that when you go into the box, you feel good about the swings that you're taking. Um, and then in addition to like the quality of your swings, um, let's say, I know Coach Heather was talking about like watching the batter in front of you and seeing kind of how they're pitching that batter and getting your timing down and things like that. Um, I know that if I'm in the odd deck circle and the batter before me walks, like I'm going up there anticipating a first pitch, like grooved fastball because um, pitchers are kind of try to reset as a coach. I'm thinking the same thing, right? Like, okay, reset put one down the pipe, like let's get ahead. Mm -hmm. So as a hitter that I'm kind of anticipating that, but also knowing um, I'm going to be disciplined. I'm not just going to go up there and like swing at the first pitch because it's the first pitch I'm going to expect to swing, but hold off if it's not a good one, not something I can barrel. So, so what do you, so a lot of times when the pitcher is struggling and and not throwing many strikes, we'll give the batter a, a take sign because we're anticipating a ball. So that kind of goes against what we're saying right here, but there's a kind of a difference. There's a time when you're going to call that, give that take sign. And there's a time when you're going to, you know, encourage your batter to to go for that first pitch if it's perfect. So, so where do you kind of draw that line? Um, For me, it depends on the batter. Um, If it's Confidence somebody, that what's that, Mike? Confidence level and their ability to hit the pitcher, correct? Yeah, well, confidence level, how they've been swinging the bat, um, if they've had quality at bats that weekend. Um, for me, I, I try to play the mental game a lot with my girls and kind of knowing your players. So we'll get into this in a little bit and uh, when we go to the in, in the box routines. But um, if I have a batter that just has an absolutely incredible swing and uh, is like can hit the ball really hard, but they're timid or they're picky, like if it's me and the batter in front walks, like I'm probably giving that next hit or a hit and run. Because if I trust their bat, if they're seeing the ball well, they're just hesitant or timid. Like there's no better way to get them out of their head than to just encourage them. Like, hey, I believe in you, like swing the bat. And especially if you know it's going to be like a grooved fastball or at least or at least trying, right? Right. And I think also knowing your, your, the IQ of the batter that's stepping into the box. If you have a player that, that you know doesn't really get the game, I'm more likely to give the take sign. But if I have a, a batter that I... I am confident understands that this next pitch, she's going to try to pitch you a strike because she doesn't want to get behind again, but she is struggling. So we're looking for the pitch, not just a strike, but the pitch. And if she gives me the pitch, I am launching it. Yeah. And with that one too, like you talked about the players that like want to hit so badly that they lack discipline. Like that would be an example of a player that I'm giving the take sign because mm -hmm. like, cool. I like that you're aggressive, but uh, I don't want like, contact I want power and especially with like runners on base now so um I, again I think it just goes down to like one knowing your hitter but also the situation yeah definitely maybe knowing your lineup as well right like who's next yes yeah where you're at yeah. yes yeah. where next you're at exactly up, yeah, that does a factor into you right mm -hmm. like, well you're Absolutely. super aggressive but the next batter up maybe is going to struggle against this pitching type so yes. we're going to just make the best of the situation we have. Um, and I think a lot, I, you know, I, I think a lot of it, like I said, is super fun just, just to watch the girls grow and continue to, to put these things that we're teaching them into play because you could, sometimes you look at them and kind of getting into the, into the, into the box section, I guess, like the turning your brain off thing. Like you can see them thinking about like, okay, she just gave me this, what might be next? And they look at you 
They look at the picture and then they're completely confused again. But like the you can tell them stares. to think of them. Well, yeah, the blank like, stares can... and the puppy dog sideways. Yes, head but tilt. but but you can see that they're actually thinking and they're trying to process and they're not there yet. But I love seeing it when they're trying and when you can tell that they're actually thinking. Like it's, I mean, I know that's silly, but it's it's true. It's so it's so fun for me at least. I don't know about you guys. Um, in the box, I, I, I like it in the on deck circle. I do not <laughs> no, like it box. in the box. No, Heather, I'm gonna let you take that one. Well, I want to finish up the on deck circle. The on, de on deck circle is the the last place for you. It's like your last chance to to use your brain. Once you step into that box, the brain turns off. So, hmm. um, mentally preparing for an at bat in the in the on deck circle means for me um, any last minute like reminders, um, keeping my hands up or you know whatever it might be, making sure I'm stepping to the pitcher and not stepping open or it's any, any last reminder. Um, and this would be like one, maybe two things that I need to remember to work on. Um, this was not be a place to, you know, do a laundry list of all the things <laughs> in my swing that might need to be addressed. Um, but any last minute thing, the most important thing, uh, you know, that I've, that I've been struggling with has been dropping my hands. So I'm going to remind myself to keep my hands up, stuff like that. And then even some players will even take it to, uh, take it to the next step and, and, like do uh, visualization. So they'll see that kind of close their eyes, take a swing and, you know, see the bat off the ball or the ball off the bat. And, um, you know, imagine that they've just had a successful at bat. That was something that I used to do from time to time when I was struggling. And there were times when it really, really helped because sometimes you're just, you're so down in the dumps with being in a slump that you just can't get out. Um, so if you can imagine that you're, you're having a, a successful at bat, that can, that can be really helpful. I'm telling you right now, if I'm in the on deck circle and I close my eyes and take a swing, I'm on the ground. Like there's no way that I would be able to like keep my composure and not fall over. Well, that's, I don't that's think impressive. I ever fell down. So that's impressive. <laughs> I will, I want to add one more thing to the on deck circle, going back to timing. Um, this is kind of up to you and your coach, but for my slappers out there, a lot of times, like as a lefty, I didn't like to broadcast that I could slap um, just because like, I mean, I was small and petite anyway, so they kind of expected it, but I could also like stand and swing. So if you're a slapper in the on deck circle, like uh, you kind of want to have an idea of like when to start your footwork through the box and things like that. But it's going to be up to you on if you actually practice that or if you practice kind of stand and swing or maybe just some crossover steps or, or things of that nature. But um, that's a big part of timing too, for those lefties. And you think that preparing to slap and giving it away would lessen the opportunity to have success slapping. Is that kind of what you're saying? Or you're just thinking like now they know for sure that you, that's in your bag. Yes. Like they, they, you've just shown some of your tools in your, in your toolbox. So not necessarily saying that that's all you're going to do, but Maybe if it's a situation where a slap would be ideal, well, you've just taken that away by showing them that you can do that. Whereas if you stand and swing, maybe you can catch them sleeping or you never know. And granted, like as a lefty, you can always change pitch to pitch. It's just something that a, a, a lot of the value of kind of the triple threat lefty is that they don't know what's don't coming know, yeah. or you don't know what they the can do. A surprise. Why yes. give them any more information? So, yeah. You know, but we it's talk the about first pitch cells, though, right? That would be a I batter mean, cell. Yeah. I mean, you only get really one pitch, right? Like for us, like, okay, we're going to bunt. And then first pitch, we miss our bunt and third baseman's behind the bag. Like, well, there was that opportunity. Like, yeah, pretty much. <laughs> so, yeah, okay. I just don't like broadcasting stuff like that as a lefty. Per that's just my personal opinion though. Lefty stuff. I gotcha. Um, <laughs> in the box, are we, are we thinking coach Heather? Are we turning our brain? No, no. I like to call those, those four lines that square that box, a no thinking zone. So, so many of your players, like we've talked about, they just, you can see their brain working and it is not the place to be thinking. Um, it's just gonna, you're just gonna get in your head. You're gonna end up, you know, overthinking things. Uh, it's a place to, to react. It's a place to step in the box with a plan and just execute the plan. Um, I have, I, that was probably my biggest, um, weakness as a batter is I thought too much in the box. And once I figured that out, it helped so much. Um, and that was something that early, early on with my daughter, I tried to, well, still, still a thing, but try to get across to her that that's the no thinking zone. You can, you can think outside of that, that little square. Once you step in, turn it off. No thinking allowed. Mm -hmm. 
And what about the mentality so, in the box? Yeah, I didn't struggle with that. I struggled with guessing, which that kind of gets into our next point. Like I would guess if, if I thought it was going to be a good pitch or not rather than react. So the going back to the, like in the box, the yes, yes, no mentality. This is a really, really big one. So just as a hitter, um, expecting and looking and wanting to hit every pitch that is thrown to you. Um, basically, the theory behind that is that if you're ready and prepared, you're Um, Your timing's going to be better. You're going to be in tune with pitch selection. You're going to be able to get your barrel out in front for a good solid contact barrel through the ball. Um, You're not going to be surprised when it's a good pitch. So if you're thinking every single pitch, like um, basically it's like three checkpoints. So as the pitcher is in their motion, like, yes, yes. And then as the ball's in the air, it's either a yes or a no. If it's a yes, then we're not saying it. You're obviously just putting a good cut on the ball. But if it's a no, then that's when you're, you're saying like, no, and you're taking that pitch because it's not a pitch that you want to hit. But by having that approach, every single pitch, um, it just, it gives you a better quality swing. Like I said, your timing's on, and then you're not in a position where the ball is like too deep in the zone. And it puts you in this like weird jammed defensive swing because you're not ready. And that's as it relates to the routine or is that more the approach? That's kind of both. No, right? no, that's, that's when like the you're mentality. in the yes, box yes, no. itself. Yeah. We talk it's about like getting into the box, your routine to get in the box, your approach in the box. That's um that's something I like to encourage my hitters basically to keep that consistent. So kind of that whole mindset on like, like feel good, play good. Um, if you walk into the box, you feel confident, you feel strong, you feel ready. Um, that's a really good, like, headspace to be in when you're going like head to head with the pitcher. So we talk about how you approach the box um, the same way, whether you like set your feet, whether you point your bat, whether you draw across in the dirt, if you're, if you touch the plate, if you're a plate smasher, like my six-year-old, like whatever it is that works for you do that every single time. That is part of like your consistency and your routine, but the yes, yes, no mentality. That's like, that's the mental approach in the box. And that is every pitch. I find it so interesting because everybody's approach is different, whether it's putting your hand up and getting your thing out, whether where we found success this year is stepping into the box and telling ourselves against good pitching specifically, like I'm a better hitter than they are a pitcher, like just mentally kind of like the Cora looking at the bat, telling her that kind of thing, coach Heather. That's mm-hmm. what we've kind of been saying in our head, like she's good, but I'm better. So kind of like pumping yourself up as we get into the box. Um, now, this is, you know, catcher stuff, you know, catch, total catcher mindset here. But controlling the pitcher's tempo, I don't know how deep you're going to go into this, but I really want to hear you talk about it. Um, I don't know how deep I'm going to get it either. Um, <laughs> uh, nothing like irritates me. I don't know if irritates the right word, but it certainly gets to me when I see a batter step in the box and they are ready. They are so ready to just swing that bat and the pitcher is like nowhere near the pitching rubber. She's like got the ball on her gloves or her other hand is just hanging out doing whatever. Like they're still waiting on signs and the batter is just standing there ready, 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 ready. Like that's to me, that shows me in uh, a batter that's not, hasn't matured much in their, their sort of journey through hitting um, knowing situational awareness and, and what's around you Um knowing that the umpire has not given the pitcher time or is still giving uh, the pitcher, you know, the stop sign to, to, to not go ahead and throw the pitch. Um, so or the umpire batter, is in there ready to receive the pitch, but he's not ready. So the pitch yeah, doesn't yeah, get me started. <laughs> Jeez. Yeah. Um, but, but as far as like, controlling the pitcher's tempo as a batter you know you have options if the pitcher is 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 trying to pitch the ball just as soon as you step foot in that box you know that's quick pitching and that can totally screw you up as a batter so um yes you should put your uh, as righty you should put your right hand up towards the umpire to ask for time thank but just know just, towards the umpire towards the the yes thank the you that no that need no that needs to be said i've seen multiple times where the bats oh, in the back right, hand, like right. it needs it's to be amazing said. it's amazing <laughs> But just knowing that the umpire does not have to grant you that time. Um, he doesn't have to tell the pitcher to hold up and, and you know, wait to, to get ready and throw that pitch. So um, in addition to asking for that time, you should be glancing back to make sure that the umpire is is going to grant you time. Uh, and that's something that you can also kind of 
be prepared for as you're watching in the dugout. Is the umpire granting the batter's time? Is he not? Is he sometimes when he feels like it? You know, that's something that you need to know when you step in the box. That's a fantastic answer, Heather. If he feels like it, that'd matter. Uh, Yeah, because there are definitely umpires like that. So you need to be aware. Um, Did your coach just previously talk about a play that she may have thought was not the right call and now are we no longer getting time in the box these are all exactly. very these are it all happens. very things we did don't yeah, no it does it happen definitely happens um on the on the flip side if you have a pitcher that's taking forever yeah we actually we ran up against this this past weekend um we have oh a pitcher goodness. that that's take well i don't even think it was the pitcher's fault it was the coach's fault that took forever to give the sign to the pitcher the catcher um so in that kind of a situation, do not just stand in the box ready to swing, ready, 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 waiting, 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 waiting. That's when, for me, that's when the my brain would start to try to, to work again. You know, I, if I stepped in the box with a clear mind, but I'm standing there for two, three, four, 10, 12 seconds, my brain starts to try to work again. So as a batter, um, again, with, with asking for time, put that hand up, say time blue, um, make sure he grants it to you and step out of the box. Give yourself time to kind of reset, get back into the right frame of mind before you step in the box. And it might be just kind of a dance you dance with the pitcher and the umpire and the batter. um, But do not feel like you need to be in that box just waiting, 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 waiting. You you have an opportunity and a a chance to control the tempo as well. Yeah. Um, And let's let's add that if let's say the umpire does not grant you time right? Mm -hmm. As a batter, okay, he's not granting you time. Obviously you can't step out, put the bat on your shoulder, like do something to help you out to where you're not just like draining those muscles of any power you're going to put into your swing. Right. It's kind of like, um, like we try to avoid on defense, getting concrete feet by prep steps, you know, well, you're not exactly going to take a prep step in the box waiting to hit, but you know, as you step in the box, you're nice and loose, you're ready to react and to swing. But if you're waiting forever, you're kind of getting the, the equivalent of concrete feet. So Find something, whether it's kind of, you know, uh, rocking back and forth a little bit, drop, uh, put your bat on your shoulder, something to where you're kind of giving your your muscles and your body a chance to kind of relax before getting in that ready to go mode. Agreed on all of it. I I, I did want to say that um, as an aside um, from this previous weekend, as you were just discussing about the pitcher taking forever, I actually had, well, the umpire, the field umpire actually came up to me after and reference that that was a home plate umpire's uh discretion but there is a 10 second once you're in the box piss has and pitch clock i guess so i he was like they wasted 20 minutes like literally told me that it's like we know thanks it for was, not helping it was egregious it was the worst i've ever seen and it's not funny mm-hmm. and i'm not really and i don't think i don't think we're like making fun of anyone it was just it was no so it was it was crazy it was i don't think it was i don't think it was intentional or like strategic or anything like that i think the guy was just really really slow and it was really really infuriating These games i think we played like long. two innings it was terrible yeah we we didn't get through very many um and i think i think it's important to remember too while preparing for an bat you know your feelings may be I went 0 for 4 today, so I suck. But in actuality, hitting is like the hardest thing to do in professional sports at a consistent level. And I think the girls need to just remember that it's their job to like just adjust and try to stay in the process as best as possible. Like none of it's easy. It's all hard. Well, every at bat is an opportunity to do something different. So if you're not happy with the previous result, you have an opportunity to change it. Absolutely. I agree. Mm-hmm. I, as the defender of children, will say, you know, even it's it's difficult. And like, as we talk right now, these short games where you're getting one at bat a game potentially to really find a rhythm in a group. So it's just, like I said, just do your best to just stay in the process and just kind of make sure you have all these going down our laundry list of what we can do to prepare it up for an at bat and get into it because it's going to be your best chance for success, I think, over the long haul. Yeah. And I want to add to that. So just one thing, like as a coach, if you have a player that is struggling at the plate or maybe they have a fantastic swing, but like I said, they're just hesitant or not, they're not pulling the trigger or maybe they're, they're swinging and they're great, but they're popping everything up or they just can't make an adjustment. Um, That's a time where as a coach, I like, let's say again, you've got that hitter that's just hesitant. I, I like to give a hit and run again for that boost of confidence, just get the bat off their shoulder let them put a good swing on it. And even like, regardless of the result, like 
they, they did the hard part, right? They swung the bat now, like then they can adjust from there on their own. And then same thing. Let's say you have a hitter that is just struggling, especially if they have some speed, um, tell them to lay a bunt down, get their head behind the ball, let them see the ball, um, give them some confidence, um, and just being able to put down a bunt, like move, move a runner over, or if they have some speed, beat it out. Like, because I can't remember how you say it. And I'm probably going to botch this, but girls like have to feel good to play good. Is that right, Mike? And, and boys play good yes. when they, you, boys, yeah, you know what I'm getting at. Boys, but anyways. Boys, feel, boys feel good when they play good. Girls yes. have to have to feel good to play good. Yes. That. So from the like mental and emotional side, like as a female athlete, that's something that you can do as a coach too, is just to kind of help your players out as well. I'm going to tell you, if I had ran out of eye black, I know I was, I knew I was going to go 0 for 3 that game. Like it was just, I didn't have an eye black. I was going 0 for 3. The this superstitions. Was what it was. Yes. The superstitions. Too. Yeah. Okay. Um, I, just, I think. I just think the more as a player, the more you can do to be focused and prepared before you step into the box, the better quality yes. of bat you're going to have. Right. Not if successful you're trying to bat, prepare, right? Quality if, you're, if you're trying to prepare and do all the things we just talked about as you're stepping into the box, you ha don't have a prayer. <laughs> so that, I mean, preparing is such a big part of it. That way you can get in the box and, and turn your brain off. That way you can get in the box and say, yes, yes, no. Um, with, without doing all the preparation, you're, the deck is stacked against you and you're going to try to do all that in, you know, 0 0.1, 0 0.5 seconds as, as the pitch is coming to you and it's just not going to work out. No. And I think, I think sometimes too, when we, when, when we go through these, these podcasts where there's a nice, like thorough list for the softball school episodes in particular, that it can see, it can definitely seem overwhelming because there's a lot that goes into it. But this is the, to me, this is the fun part of all of it, like the preparation and just the continued growth to where all these things that are, that seem so difficult, you know, continue once you're, you know, first year 12 is a little easier and second year 12, it's getting even easier. And by 14, it's all second nature. Like there is a light at the end of the tunnel, but you know, I, I, I can understand guys how this could seem overwhelming for, for some coaches who are trying to implement these things to their to their kiddos. You know what I mean? Like it's none of it's easy on the coaches end either. It's a lot of attention to detail per player. You know, it's a lot. It's, it's, it's why they're coaching staffs, right? Like all hands. Yeah. On hands. And I no, I would agree. And it can definitely be overwhelming, but just keep in mind, like, like Heather said, the more you can prepare, the better the girls are going to feel going into the box. And then at the end of the day, simplify see ball, hit ball like super simplify it is it, it that's the best approach at any any age level right yeah, and just know box, right? just know and understand that all these things that we've talked about this is like our perspective after how many years playing how many years coaching the, all the experience that we have accumulated over the years this is like how we would go into and at bat and these are things that we've picked up along the way um, so I don't think any of us would expect a 10 year old to go ahead and, and implement all these different things all at once. It's something that they're going to pick up over time. They're going to get better at certain things. They're going to struggle with other things and, and just constantly strive to get better at all of it so that they can have better results because that's what, I mean, that's what they all want, right? They all want to have that at bat with that, with the result that, that furthers the team and, and puts them in a position to win the game. I think at the end of the day, all this information is like you, like I kind of said, and you got to like echoed it is, it is a lot, but I think it's stuff that adds tons of value to your team. And, and really, if you can get the girls at least thinking about some of these things, like that they weren't thinking about before, that's a big win. Agreed. Yep. Trust the process, baby steps, all that stuff. Um, So I, I, I must ask now, since we're getting towards the end of the podcast, Coach Heather, on these things, using Corin as an example, is there anything that she picked up specifically quicker when she was younger than she's picked up now as she's gotten older? I mean, I know she's a pretty advanced hitter, pretty complete hitter, um, for the most part. Is is there anything that you thought she that 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 was that that could any of the stuff that could have been simplified even for a little bit for the younger ages that that like sticks out for you other than see ball hit ball? Um, that's a good question. I don't know. I don't know. Looking back, I don't know that I would. I mean, I'm sure, I mean, we could change lots of things, but 
Um, I, one of the things that I'm really, really pleased with the way she, the thing that she's picked up recently, I'm really, really pleased with in, in her is her, her mental approach. And we've we've referred to it a couple of times as the 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 Cora is awesome thing that she does as she steps into the box. She stares at her bat. I mean, it. she told me that and I was just blown away like that's that's where you want to be mentally as you're stepping into the box. So the fact that she's there at, at 12 going on 13 years old, um, I mean, a lot of batters don't get there until they you know, are, are well into their we teens if they ever get yeah. there. Yeah. Coach Jess, anything else? Um, no, I'm just thinking through everything that I have ahead of me with Tommy and where to start. But something that might that I have always used with the younger hitters, um, and it's probably where I'll start with Tommy, is when you have the younger hitters, the biggest hurdle I see from them is fear. So like either getting hit by the pitch or swinging this or scared to swing yeah. hard, scared of something, mm -hmm. right? So for the younger ones, I always try to encourage them to kind of pick their like favorite superhero or their favorite, like anybody that they look up to a cartoon, real, whatever it is, and kind of go into this like alter ego where it's like, okay, well, when you step into the box, like you're that person and you're fearless and you're, you're capable of anything. And you're the one with the bat. That's only a ball. Like you're, you're the one they should be scared of. So just really, really pumping up that like confidence for the young kiddos will go so far in not only like their mental preparedness, but also they're, they're wanting to work and they're wanting to hit and them getting excited about that part of the game. As silly as it sounds, I really do think it's important. Was there, are, are you speaking off a of personal experience, Coach Jess? Like, was there a specific superhero that you thought you were when you were hitting? No, no, I, I, I was not scared of any of that stuff. I was scared to bat. I hated batting. <laughs> I was the player that like got anxiety. And if I was in a slump, I would have my toes on the line, hoping I got hit. So I got to run the bases. Like batting was not as enjoyable for me growing up as it is, as it was when I got to college. And then now like playing slow pitch and everything, it just, it wasn't the fun part of the game for me. But um, I wonder if because you are a thinker, Coach Jess, and you are a planner, yeah. if this is why you're such an, a great hitting coach, yet you say yourself, like, was this a I can can teach but can't do versus can do but can't teach kind of deal, you think? Probably. I feel like I'm a much better hitting coach than I ever was a hitter, if I'm being completely honest. Because I was very much in my head and in my feelings and trying to overcorrect and then I also had, especially in college, I struggled a lot because I had, I had a bunch of coaches telling me a bunch of different things. And my approach was, man, I got to college. Like, why are we trying to change all this stuff? Like I hit good enough to get here and now I can't hit the side of a barn. And so um, just, and then going home and like resetting with my dad and just, I, I struggled, I, I, I struggled processing what advice to keep and what advice to just kind of try and like show that I made an effort and then be able to say, Hey, that just doesn't really work for me. Or I don't feel good doing that. That's where I struggled. I tried to appease all of the coaches that were trying to help me. And I just, I, I was in a, yeah, I was a hot mess. So you <laughs> had a little bit of a slump in college at times. Oh yeah. Yeah, I was, I mean, up and down and up and down and it just, but not even necessarily slump. I just didn't enjoy it. I didn't enjoy that part of the game as much because I always felt anxious and unprepared. And I just, I didn't feel good about what I was doing. All right. And as always, thanks for listening to the Fundamental Fast Pitch. For Jessica Tanner and Hedemoni, I am Mike Burlett. Thanks for like, sharing, and subscribing across all social media platforms. Have a great rest of your day.